Today's gospel lesson comes from the 16th chapter of Luke, verses 19 through 31, and I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was being tormented. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. For Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things, but now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they did not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. My friends, I think it is safe to say that many of us wish we had a few do-overs in life. Considering some of the mistakes that we have made along life's journey. Although we may not be able to go back in time to correct those mistakes, my friends, while we live and breathe on earth, we can reflect on those mistakes, seek God's direction for improvement, and by the Spirit, do better moving forward. And we can find and see the consequences of not following these directions in this Luke text. And as we look at this particular Luke text, we will find Jesus teaching a parable. In fact, Jesus is teaching this parable in a series of of parables, which I believe is geared, mostly geared towards the hypocrites and the doubters, more specifically in this text, the Sanhedrin Council. This message appears to be about priorities, compassion, and in our context, salvation. Now, when we look at this particular text, we find two people who represent the main characters. We find the rich man, and we 
Lazarus. And when we look at these two, there is definitely a contrast. The rich man, as we learn in the text, had money, had food, and perhaps had an abundance of resources at his disposal, while Lazarus didn't have any money. He didn't have any food, and according to the text, he had health issues. And then in the text, we we find what happened to them when they died. The rich man. The text said Hades, but I'm going to use a more common version. The rich man went to H-E double hockey stick. Y'all can figure that out, right? But in Hades, this man still felt a sense of entitlement. In fact, when he was confronted with his pain and his torment, he asked Abraham to allow Lazarus to come and dip his finger in the water that he may get a drop of water on his tongue to soothe the torment and the agony. Again, he still felt a sense of entitlement even in his predicament. And then he asked Abraham that, that he may send a messenger to warn his brothers. The text said that he asked that the messengers would will, will encourage and urge his brothers to repent. But the text said that, that, the, that, that the messengers would not be allowed to do that because they had Moses and the, and the prophets around them, why would they listen to a new messenger when they didn't listen to the people who were there advising them and telling them to do right? And then we find Lazarus, the man who was sitting at the gate, who was begging for food, who had sores on his body. We don't find, we don't have, do not have any details what allowed or led that man to be in that predicament. But obviously, I think it's safe to say theologically, perhaps, his issues wasn't really faults of his own. Because the text said that he was now in the bosom of Abraham. My friends, whether we realize it or not, but we have people like Lazarus all around us. The people like Lazarus among us represent the poor, the homeless, the sick, those folks who are marginalized, people who do not have an opportunity. Well, I'll stand back and I digress. I believe we all have opportunities to do better, but, but there are people who have been issued a rough hand of things. Now, I don't want us to get it twisted because I am a firm person who believe in a hand up versus a hand out. But at the same time, my friends, I believe all these issues should challenge us to use our salvation life now to make a difference in the life of others. And let us be reminded, my friends, we cannot take our riches with us. So we are obligated to be good stewards of all that God has blessed us with. I had a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago, 
and we was talking uh, uh, about possessions and we were talking about doing good and being productive. Now, I am a fan. I'm definitely, hear this. I said this in the well last week. I am not against rich people. Definitely not. However, I believe this particular passage of Scripture is leading us and encouraging us to do the right thing with the resources that we have. And here's the magical thing that I think we forget, my friends. It's not really ours. It belongs to God. We are called to be good stewards of God's resources. And with that in mind, my friends, we are encouraged to share with our neighbors Share with our family. Share with our friends. Share with everyone. Give to your church as led by the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not about, it's more about a hand up, hand up versus a handout. So while we live and breathe, I encourage us, my friends, to start here and now. And we can start here and now by showing compassion to others. We can start here and now by using God's gifts and resources to do good. We can start here and now by showing radical hospitality to everyone, including our neighbors and strangers. My friends, we can start now, here and now, by being kind to everyone. We can start here and now by displaying acts of love and mercy. But most importantly, my friends, we can start here and now by accepting, embracing, and cultivating our salvation now. Eternal life starts now. It does not start when we die. It actually starts now, so it behooves us to do the right thing, both here and now. As noted in this Lucan text, when life ends and we have not made amends or tried to do better, especially with those less fortunate than us, lean in a little closer. Too late will be too late. My friends, God is giving us opportunities to do better, treat others kindly, and live a life that is pleasing and acceptable to God with the help of the Spirit. And we are not alone in this process. God is with us. So in closing, my friends, I leave us with these rhetorical questions. Are you ready to be and become who God wants you to be and become right now? And if so, why not start here and now? The choice is ours, and I hope you choose wisely. Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, we thank you for your grace, your mercies, and the many ways you allow us, Lord, to take possession of all of your gifts and your resources. Help us, Lord, by your spirit to be good stewards of all of those blessings. 
to not make those things dominant in our life and not to make those things our God. Remind us, Lord, that we have an obligation to share with our neighbors, and our neighbors include everyone, including the stranger. Lord, we ask that you remind us that we are to do what is right by our salvation walk. That you're calling us to accept that offer, to embrace that offer, but most importantly to cultivate that offer both here and now. But likewise, Lord, we have an obligation, Lord, to share with others. Not only our resources, but our prayers. And today, Lord, we pray for those who are grieving. Those who are sick and shut in. Those who are going through hard times. And even right now, we remember a dear, dear friend in the United Methodist Church here in South Carolina. We remember Reverend Jack Washington a retired elder who made a positive difference not only in our conference, but also at the Methodist Manor where he sat as a board member. We ask that you be with Joanna, his children, the grandchildren, and everyone who was impacted, positively impacted by Jack's ministry. Give us strength throughout our day and throughout our life. And, Lord, we also remember those, Lord, among us, Lord, who are trying to make a difference, Lord, and may be hitting a brick wall time and time again. By your spirit, give them relief. And lastly, Lord, we love you because you first loved us. For it is in the name of Jesus the Christ that we pray.